0: Welcome to another episode of Embracing Differences with me, Nipin Anand, a podcast aimed at understanding and promoting transdisciplinary ways of living and thinking, meaning assimilating different viewpoints, different subjects, different disciplines, but focused on a very simple question How do we human beings learn, unlearn, relearn, and make decisions? And how can we tackle risks? In an uncertain world I kept this very special podcast for the new year a new year a fresh start a different way of looking at the world I thought it'd be wonderful to start with the topic of imagination and creativity what is imagination what is creativity why do we need people to be more imaginative more creative in the risk and safety industry Do we really need people to be imaginative when we have strict rules to follow? And the stakes of being imaginative in a high-risk environment can be very high. Those are some of the questions Dr. Robert Long and I tackle in this heart-to-heart conversation during my last trip to Canberra. Yes, it's been about four months now. A very happy new year to the listeners of Embracing Differences podcast. I hope you enjoy listening to this podcast and it makes you think and do something imaginative, something creative, at the start of the year. If you want to learn more about how we can use imagination in risk and safety to do investigations, audits, inspections, or simply have a better conversation with your colleagues, check out the link to the IQ method below which is nothing but a way of visually mapping conversations and applicable to a wide variety of things. And if you're up for a treat to take your imagination to the next level, we have a workshop coming up in London on culture and risk intelligence. You will become so much more imaginative and learn how to see the world anew with better imagination. You will be able to conduct culture audits and observations in a much more creative way. Rob, Hmm. what's our question?
1: Well, one of the things that I get mystified by, important word, is I see so little imagination and creativity or even a hunger for imagination and creativity in the world of risk. And it's quite fascinating because every time a group of workers or a group of people or a group of supervisors get together and they do a risk assessment they're trying to imagine what could happen. Well that's interesting, so risk assessment is an imagination exercise. Look anywhere in the world of risk and safety for any document or any discussion, any debate or even any book written on the importance of cultivating the imagination. In fact I've never seen anywhere where it's even defined. I see people talk about it but they don't define it and I actually don't think they know what it is. So being an educator and a person who has had a whole life and career in education and learning The human imagination is absolutely foundational to learning and in fact some of the most wonderful times I have in my life today is being with grandchildren and playing imagination games. And I see in five-year-olds and six-year-olds far more imagination than I've ever seen in a CEO or a general manager, far more. And I find it, in risk and safety, nearly non-existent. And yet people get safety awards for this and safety awards for that. And they're so unimaginative. Imagination requires bold, boldness. It requires faith. It requires creativity. It requires a quest for discovery. All of these words are missing. Well, people in risk and safety do not talk about these words. Which is a shame, because from the very start, I was drawn into the safety industry by mistake. Before I worked in risk and safety, I was a I was a educator, educationalist. I worked in schools, universities, special programs, all sorts of places for my expertise in learning and education. I come into the risk and safety industry, I. I don't know one single person who knows what learning is or what what education is. In fact, it's mostly confused. So many people think that training is learning and that training is education. And that's simply not the case because without imagination, it's just training. And so we are actually training, training, not educating, we're actually training all the people in risk and safety. We're training them to do risk assessments and at the same time we don't even talk about imagination. I find that one of the most bizarre things. I actually think the industry is afraid of the imagination because when you use your imagination you're often non-compliant. When you use your imagination you're actually drifting away from orthodoxy and of course I've been a very imaginative person from a very young age, sometimes through music, um, and I was encouraged to be creative. And when I first encountered risk and safety, the first thing I started to do was to create and imagine. I started to create and imagine an industry that actually cares for people. Because it didn't, and it still doesn't. And I started creating and imagining methods and tools that would help people be better at what they did in managing risk through imagination and creativity because it doesn't exist. It doesn't exist. There's no discussion on it. Yep. And so um, I created the social psychology of risk because there was such an emptiness in this industry that couldn't even do it.
0: Mm. Yep. I mean,
1: I, I sometimes find it nearly comical. I see all these, you know... These comments about thought leaders and imagination and there's nothing, it's, it's, just, it's just empty words. Indeed. There is no, you know, I look at some of the things that are being developed in risk and safety and it's just more of the same. Indeed. More systems, more routines, more mythology, more rituals and nothing is changing, nothing. Yep. Even though people are saying, oh, this is the most creative thing, it's just another app on a phone that does nothing.
0: And and you know Rob, um, just uh, listening to some of the educationalists like Ken Robinson and oh. Guy Claxton,
1: oh wow, it
0: just maybe it's a good p- place to begin. with. what is imagination? What is creativity? And to me, imagination is bring to your mind that which you cannot conceive through your senses. So it comes from the unconscious mind. It cannot come from the brain centric mind. If oh, you're yeah, too well, rational... Yeah. It
1: has come at from through your whole body. Correct. I know people who dance. Yeah. And that's where their imagination that's comes right. from. yes. Or I go people. for a walk. Oh, um. you know, some of my little grandchildren, their artwork is where they work their imagination. They think of things that cannot be, and then they draw them. So I think brain centrism is part of the problem of a lack of imagination. Correct. Rationality, measurement... All these things stifle the imagination.
0: Absolutely. Mm. And so so. what is imagination? Imagination is basically that which cannot be conceived through the five senses, which is from the gut and from the heart. It's It has to come from emotion. It has to come from feelings. I think um, it's
1: both. I think you use your five senses in the imagination. You have to feel it, touch it, and be moved by it because learning is about embodied movement. And so it must involve, it doesn't cut one out from the other. So your emotions are involved in a whole range of things and that's where your senses come in. So imagination is not separated from the senses, it actually participates in the senses in a very holistic way. Indeed. So I think some people think the imagination is here, it's in the brain and then it gets transferred to your fingers My wife is a brilliant piano player and she's at the highest level of piano and she plays the piano by feel. We're talking thousands and thousands of notes which cannot be memorised in your brain. And she plays with her fingers. Her fingers do the thinking. And she plays at such speed, there's simply no time for the message to go from the finger to the head and back again. You have to play with what the scientists know as muscle memory. And so I think the imagination is a whole body, an embodied process, not separated from the senses, but includes every sense.
0: Which is what we call one brain and three minds in, in social psychology well, of
1: risk. Well, in the social psychology of risk, we actually call it embodied learning. Yeah. And the embodied learning involves head thinking, so we don't take that away, but involves heart thinking and gut thinking. Yeah. And that, again, that's a holistic approach. Yeah. It even goes beyond that, Nip, and... There are non-material head, heart, and gut things. There are unconscious things which, which we actually can't c- explain. There's a wonderful piece I wrote in um, my book on embodying risk. And there are several brilliant musicians. And someone asked Paul McCartney once, where did that song yesterday come from? And his answer was, I don't know.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. I do not know. And yet, he talks, and so does other musicians about it's kind of a, a spiritual epiphany. It's beyond the head, heart and gut. It's beyond the senses. It's in somewhere out here and it comes into me and then I play Yesterday, probably the greatest Beatles hit of all time. And even the person who made it can't tell you how he got it. And you think yep. of the you think of the imagination of Paul McCartney and, and John Lennon. Astounding, Indeed. astounding.
0: Indeed and what's interesting is, and then creativity is putting that imagination into practice, yeah, basically. Yeah, of, of course, So, it, isn't that so fascinating that even in the way we have conversations is complete denial of imagination?
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. Yes, um, yes.
0: So, tell me, why have you done it this way? yes. What would you like to share? Yeah. Or, no, even worse, um, why did you not do it this way? Yeah, correct. Yeah. Yeah. So approaching everything from very rational, empirical lenses is a complete denial of imagination. Yes. yes. Yeah. So now that we, we understand what imagination is, why should the risk and safety world care about imagination? Because in some ways, you want people to follow the processes. Why You don't want them to be imaginative. <laughs> no, you don't. No. Because
1: the favourite word of risk and safety is controls and compliance. Correct. But some of the best things that have been brought about about people who can step out of orthodoxy step out of tradition and so you know i love these artists like salvador dali you know the spaniard who 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 paints stuff and you think was this guy on drugs how did he get this you know and it is it is the art community love it right so those people who are outside of that rational brain centric view in dance and music and art and that's all poetics. They get it. They get it. They understand it. And they know it's not measurable. They know that you can't even give it a value. And maybe the best value is you cry when you see it, or the value is you're, you're uh, humanly moved when you see it. You know, we talk about emotion, you know, the energy of motion, as a critical part of movement and learning. And when you're drawn and moved towards something, that's Dali's imagination resonating with me. And I don't even know why I love it. I don't even know why I'm moved towards it. So imagination is, is a mystery in many ways. Uh, we don't know why and how we do it, but we know it enlivens our lives. It brings us alive. And it's why so many people you know, if, 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 if Paul McCartney comes to Australia next year, he'll be to packed-out auditoriums all over Australia. I mean, the man's 81 years old. Yeah,
0: yeah.
1: He'll bring a band with him, he'll play Beatles songs and all that kind of stuff.
0: Yeah, I get it, Rob. But yeah. My question is, why would you want your people to be imaginative when there are strict procedures
1: to follow? Because there's no life in procedures and the trouble is life changes that procedure is only good for the moment it was written. That procedure is only good for the moment that that activity is required. But there's no adaptivity, there's no adaption in that activity. So the moment the time of day changes, you have to adapt the procedure. The moment the wind changes, you have to adapt the procedure. The moment a different person comes into the team, you have to adapt the procedure. The moment the procedure itself is moving, you actually have to see that it's moving. And so you complete the procedure as normal and then, I've seen this often, some people are killed on the job because they followed the procedure. They can't imagine that it should move. So without imagination, you're not necessarily safe just because you're following the procedure. In fact, I would like work teams to be able to think imaginatively so they can imagine. And, and Professor Carl Week was fantastic at this. He, you have to imagine, you have to think about managing the unexpected you have to think in faith about what might happen that yep. is foreign language Indeed. that is foreign language
0: yeah. to i'm just thinking from a from from another perspective which yep. is that would you want an airline pilot to be imaginative and creative as he's flying with 400 lives right behind absolutely
1: okay the story of sally falling out the sky without his imagination and his unconscious those 400 people would have died so Sometimes you follow procedure. I think of my red steps, my orange steps, and my green steps in my model of maturity. Sometimes, yes, procedure's perfect. Yep. But sometimes, it's the last thing you want. Mm. If we can't move and adapt with those things, and we move and adapt through the imagination, we don't move and adapt because we get more rigorous at the procedure. And so, you know, if, if you're in Canberra here and the speed limit's 80, that's great. If it's summer, it's no good if it's winter, now, if I ever got to Scotland, I can imagine in Scotland your roads would be treacherous in winter, and even the speed limit would be way too fast for the road. Mm-hmm. Yeah? Mm-hmm. So I adapt my speed down to what I imagine is the right speed.
0: Yeah. So what you're saying is it's the uncertain and the yeah, unknown nature of reality that that invites imagination. Yes. And we must live imagination in order to tackle risk.
1: Yes. Yes. Even when my little grandchild draws things, you know, even when it looks silly. Here's a chook with the pig's head on top. Oh, that's funny, isn't it, granddad? Look at that. I've drawn a pig on a chook's body. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, but even that ridiculous projection is fun in learning. Indeed. Yes.
0: You know, Rob, it's so interesting you say that because And I used to work as an auditor uh, many, many years ago. I would go on ships, and I would ask people that um, you do your risk assessment, do whatever you want before you start a high, high high-risk job. Mm. But let's just take a blank sheet, which we now call IQ. Yeah, IQ. Yes. Let's take a blank sheet and give me how you would actually do the work. Yes and suddenly you see imagination pouring into it. Yeah, that's it.
1: right. That's when it pours in.
0: Yeah, and what you have given them, what you have done is you have just removed all the constraints around thinking. Yes. And yes. you have given them something that triggers imagination. Yes. And so I found, and then they go back to their templated risk assessment and see <laughs> it is miles apart from yes, anything of right. that. sort. that's right. And I think in that sense, a semiotic or a visual or a verbal way of, yep. of doing activities
1: yes. like we do, Yes, yes. It really triggers imagination. Yes, it does. And when you get a collection of people together and they're all not afraid to talk, they're not afraid to listen, and they openly bring a visual, verbal approach to what they imagine could happen or might not happen, then they're not afraid to say to somebody, you know, I've been doing this for 20 years and something here doesn't make sense to me. And they can't even explain what their intuition is telling them. Oh, well, let's write that up. Yeah,
0: This is interesting because when you said that when the other person turns around and says, I don't know, most people don't know how to react to that question. <laughs>
1: yes, that's
0: <laughs> that right. Is, that is the most powerful thing I've seen. You ask a question and the person says, I don't know, mm. and you don't know what to ask next. Yes, that's right. Because they don't know. Most <laughs> people you're working with who have worked, there, worked in the profession for 20, 30 mm. years, they don't know from a... They no. don't come from a position of knowing. No, it's no. all in the imagination. The, f-
1: the the faith in procedure in the risk and safety industry is absurd. Yeah, yeah. It, it it is only good for while everything stays static. Life is not static. When things move, the imagination must come in. Absolutely. But we are this industry more than anything discourages that. Yes. And so, why do people get hurt on? ships and why to get people hurt on building sites
0: because we stifle imagination we stifle
1: the imagination yes. Yep.
0: great thank you Rob yep. this has been a great discussion good. Yes. good if you've enjoyed listening to this podcast many more podcasts are available on our website novellas.solutions forward stroke knowledge space the podcast embracing differences is available on spotify Podbean, apple Podcasts, and anchor you can also subscribe to our YouTube channel, Team Novellus. That way, every time we publish a new podcast, you will get to know. You want to find out more about our work? Visit us at novellus.solutions or simply write to us at supportnovellus.solutions. At Thank you for wanting to learn more than you knew yesterday. And until we meet again, goodbye and have fun.